This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And alhamdulillahi na'maduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'firuhu. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyiyati amalina. من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه تسليم كثيرا أما بعض فإن خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محتثاتها وكل محتثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار Today inshallah عز وجل is our first class in the series that we're going to be explaining some of the ahadith of the Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم that were collected by our Sheikh Abu Al-Halith Ali Hassan Abdul Hamid Al-Halami Rahmatullahi Ta'ala Alayhi We have already explained the sister of this book and that we did a book that was called The 40 Hadith of the Islamic Personality and we did that some time ago and which the Sheikh Rahmatullahi Alayhi Rahmatin Wasi'ah gathered up 40 ahadith from the statements of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and from the well of prophecy from the fountain of khair in which the Shaykh Ali Al-Halabi Rahmatullah Alayhi brought these particular ahadith as an encouragement that each and every Muslim man and woman makes jihad nafs in order to try to inculcate these ahadith in their everyday character so now, after finishing that, we're going to namtaqal, inshallah, to the sister book of that one, or the cousin book of that one, and it is the 40 hadith as it relates to the da'wah and the da'i. The sheikh brought 40 hadith from the fountain of prophecy, from the well, from the pool of al-khayr, in which he took a hadith that are all authentic, in which the Prophet of Islam, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, spoke about these ahadith, and they can be connected to the way the one who was given dawah should be upon, whether it's a man, whether it's a woman, whether it's the person who's given the Friday khutbah or the Eid khutbah, whether it is the mudarris that is in the madrasa or the mudarrisa in the madrasa, maybe it can be a father or a mother. A person can be newly married, and they don't even have children yet, but they are trying to make, and they're expecting and hoping for children, then you're going to be a person who gives dawah illallah. So it's not just for the people who are giving dawah, because to some extent, all of us are giving dawah illallah. We're giving dawah to our non-Muslim neighbors, we're giving dawah to the people who we work with, we're giving dawah to the people we go to school with, we're giving dawah to the people who come to our homes and they want to fix the electricity, they want to fix the plumbing, they want to put down the carpet. The way we're dealing with them is dawah to Allah. And that's why, as everybody knows, our mother Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, she said that the Prophet wasallam, his character was the Qur'an. He was given dawah in his harakat and he was given dawah in his sakanat. Whether he was moving, making noise, he was giving da'wah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And whether he was quiet and not making any sounds, he was still giving da'wah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One of the companions, Anas ibn Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, said that the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, used to spend extended periods of time just remaining silent. And in remaining silent, we find that is da'wah. Because the less you say, the less you'll be accountable for. The less you say, the less that Allah is going to ask you about Yomul Qiyamah. 
So it was his job, his wadifa, his mas'uliyah, his amal. It was his job to talk, to give da'wah, to give nasiha, to give dojihah. It was his job. And yet, Anas ibn Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, and sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he described and said he used to go long periods of time without even talking. And that's because the Prophet was a person, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who had control of his tongue. If he had something good to say, he said it. And if he didn't have anything good to say, he wouldn't say it. As he instructed us all to do in the authentic hadith. مَنْ كَانَ يُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ فَلْيَقُلْ خَيْرًا أَوْ لِيَسْمُتْ Anyone who believes in Allah or in the last day, let him, be, let him say good or let him be quiet. Now today, inshallah, I want to bring to your attention an introduction. This is the introduction. Because to be totally, perfectly honest with you, I'm happy to be here in the masjid in Green Lane giving da'wah once again. We're starting a beneficial book. And we're busying ourselves with al-ilm al-nafi'. Beneficial knowledge. Beneficial knowledge. This COVID that we're dealing with, the vaccine for COVID that we're dealing with, all of the political strife and all of these issues that are going on in the world today, in the dunya today, people are living in a state of hysteria. Personally, I came off of the vast majority of my what's up groups. And that's because the administrators of those what's up groups didn't stick to the original agreement that the groups were for beneficial knowledge. Now I find in the last week, two weeks, everybody's talking about COVID is not real. If you were to get the vaccine, you're going to have a chip. They're telling us it's G5. It's a conspiracy. And everybody is giving their opinions. Peter Wakal. So I'm happy to have this opportunity to come to talk about our religion. Al-ilm al-nafi'. Now I don't want anyone to get it twisted and to misunderstand what I'm saying. I'll talk about this inshallah a little bit further this Friday at the khutbah al-jum'ah here at Green Lane. But I want to say that I'm a person who believes in conspiracies. And we have to believe in conspiracies because they are established in the Quran and they are established in the sunnah. From those many ayat that Allah Ta'ala mentioned, is His statement, وَيَمْكُرُونَ وَيَمْكُرُ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ خَيْرٌ مَّاكِرِينَ They plot, and Allah also plots. But Allah is the best of those who plot. So that ayat, along with many other ayat, they clearly indicate and show us that there are plots. So we believe in plots. As an African-American, giving dawah here in this country for the last I don't know how many years, I bang on about the racism that's in America, the racism that's in their democracy. I talk about that conspiracy that I believe in. I've spoken about it from this member and from other members, that there are two Americas in America. One America for African Americans and another America for white Americans. They're two separate Americas. And you would have heard me over the years, always coming out, always banging on how they killed this African-American. And that African-American, meaning the police, killed them. But we don't find that happening with white America on the scale that it happens with African-Americans. As Shahid, the point that I'm trying to make is, on January 6th, recently, 2021, when we saw the Proud Boys the far-right Americans stormed the Capitol and they were allowed to enter into the Capitol and given carte blanche by the people who were supposed to secure the perimeter. That's one America that I've been talking about. The other America is, had my people, my people, Beni Qawmi, my people, had we just thought about, I'm not talking about to actually execute, had we thought, we just simply thought about compromising the security, they would have shot us two miles away from the capital. So my point of bringing that to your attention is, I believe in conspiracies. The Tuskegee um, thing that they did with the African-American pilots, I believe in all of these things that people are thinking they're unique in. Conspiracies. But the difference between me and a lot of people, and this is what I want to call to is, 
I'm not going to give all of my time and all of my effort to conspiracies, conspiracy theories. Every Amr, Bakr, and Zaid, he can give his opinion. And that's not our religion. Our religion is not a religion where every Amr, Bakr, and Zaid is, a, is afforded the opportunity to talk in public and to talk about issues. Especially those issues that are touching public safety and public concern, public harm and fitna. That's for special people to talk about. Whether they're the scholars of Islam, the scholars of the religion, or the scholars who are prolific, competent, qualified in their respective walks of life, in their fields, their scientific fields. So I want to do this introduction by imploring you, brothers and sisters, especially you younger brothers and sisters, but everybody from our community is do away with busying yourselves with these conspiracy theories to the degree that we're watching the people. Hysteria has nothing to do with the deen. And our religion, Allah has given us a religion that he said about it, We have given every single community that went before this community, all the way up into this ummah, Every single nation we gave them a sharia, legislation, halal and haram. And we also gave them a minhaj. A minhaj is a tariq al-wadih, the clear path. How to tread upon the path of practicing your religion. How do you do the haram and the haram, halal? How do you navigate? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam in an authentic hadith told us, and he told us companions, may Allah be pleased with them. لَقَدْ تَرَكْتُكُمْ عَنَ الْمَحَجَّةُ الْبَيْضَاءُ لَيْلُهَا كَنَهَارِهَا لَا يَزِيغُ عَنْهَا إِلَّا هَالِكُمْ I have left you people with something that is clear, a religion that is clear. It's nighttime, it's just as clear as it's daytime. One of the meanings of that is, Prophet Muhammad has lived, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, over 1400 years ago, he was on this earth. 1400 years plus has passed since he died, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And yet the religion that he left, it's nighttime, is just like it's daytime. Meaning, after 1400 years, we still know everything we need to know about his religion. Nothing has been hidden from us. Nothing has been concealed from us. No one can come with a new situation that Al-Islam can't answer. Al-Islam doesn't address. So what we're dealing with right now is not in need of hysteria and madness. It's in need of people simply doing what Allah Ta'ala commanded in the Qur'an. When he told the Prophet to tell his people, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبَكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذَنُوبَكُمْ Tell these people, Ya Muhammad, if you truly love Allah, then follow me, and Allah will forgive you. Allah will forgive you from your sins. So why is it that right now, when it comes to this issue of these theories, I'm hearing people who are supposed to be giving da'wah to Allah. The person memorized the Qur'an, memorized half of the Qur'an, this one over here memorized that, this one over here graduated from here, and all we have to offer to the community is qila wa qal. So I'm happy that now we get an opportunity, inshallah, to give da'wah to knowledge that is beneficial. I don't want anybody to think or to walk away and they say, oh, he doesn't believe in conspiracies? No, I believe in conspiracies. But what I believe also, and I know for a fact, is a lot of the people who are texting me and overwhelming me with these text messages about corona not being real, about how the vaccine is going to put a chip inside of you to allow the authorities, the 1%, to track you and to find out what you're doing. What I do know, what I do know, is that there are real conspiracies right in front of our noses and our faces that a shaitan is trying to destroy us. And instead of taking precautions about those conspiracies and learning the religion, we neglect that and we're just texting about these other outrageous conspiracies. The 1% that 
rule the world. They are really reptiles. They are a reptilian creation that came down in a UFO and they're running the world right now. And they came up with this whole fiasco of COVID so as to destroy the economy as we know it. Yahi, what kind of kalam is that? That's Janun. The person who, who believes in that kind of stuff. So I want to share with you a hadith of the Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this is the introduction to the book of my Sheikh Ali al Halabi, rahmatullahi taala alayhi. The forty hadith in the Dawah, the call of al Islam, and also the forty hadith that are talking about the person who's given a Dawah in Allah. In this authentic hadith, the Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, was traveling with his companions, and when he stopped, some of the companions became busy with different things. Some of them were over there pitching their tents. Some of them were over there taking their animals in order to give the animals grass, water to graze the animals, and another group was over there. And they were doing target practice collectively. The Prophet told Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, one of his companions, it could have been Bilal, could have been Ibn Umm Maktoum, it could have been other than them, may Allah be pleased with the companions. Call the people together, call the people together. The Mu'adhan said to the people, Salat al Jami'ah, the Salat in Jama'ah. It's not sure. Did he call the Adhan or did he just say that? Because from his Sunnah is that. When he wanted the community's attention, he, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, would have the muaddin to call the adhan, even if it wasn't the time of the salat. That's beneficial knowledge. That is more beneficial than the kalam that we're hearing from the people who are just saying things. Kilo akad. When the people gathered, the Prophet told them, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, innuhu. لم يكن نبي قبلي إلا كان حق عليه أن يدل أمته على خير ما يعلمه لهم وينذرهم شر ما يعلمه لهم. There was never a nabi who came before me except that it was wajib upon that nabi that rasul. It was wajib. It was an obligation upon him. To guide his community to everything that would be beneficial for them and it would be khair for them. It was wajib that he doesn't leave a single thing off of the table. If he knows that it's khair, it was wajib that he had to tell his people about it. And Allah never sent any nabi before me, except that Allah made it wajib upon him to warn the people of the evil that he knew about. So this hadith clearly indicates and shows there's any khair that we need to know about. Prophet Muhammad told us about it, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If there's any evil we need to know about, Prophet Muhammad he told us about it, sallallahu alaihi wa ala alihi wasallam. The Prophet went on to say in this hadith that he gathered all of the people together when they were traveling. So you can imagine he wants to tell them something important. So he told them this reality of all of the prophets and the messengers. Anyone who thinks and anyone who believes that a prophet, not just our prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but any prophet or any messenger, salawatullah wassalamu alaihim ajma'in. Anyone who thinks that a prophet or a messenger left something out of good or left something out of warning them of evil, and he says that that happened, it could happen, you run the risk of going outside of this religion. Part of what we believe, as it relates to Al Iman and the Prophets and the Messengers, is that we believe, based on this hadith, they told their community all of the good they needed to know and warned them of all of the evil that they needed to know about. He went on to say in the same hadith, Sallallahu Alaihi wa Ala Alihi Wasallam, Wa Inna Ummatakum Hadihi Jula Afiyatuha Fi Awaliha. وَسَيَصِيبُ آخِرَهَا بَلَاءٌ وَأَمُونٌ تُنْكِرُونَهَا He said to his companions, and this ummah of yours is good 
time, the era, al-afiyah, good condition. Is good condition, al-afiyah, has been made at the beginning. During the time of the Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, during the time of the companions. And this is one of the many hadith that go to show the virtues of the companions. May Allah be pleased with them. The Prophet said that the afiyah, may Allah give you afiyah, al-afiyah, afwan is from that word. May Allah give you good health, a good situation, al-afiyah, is to have good health, a good condition, al-afiyah, you have no problems. Prophet Muhammad said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam That the afiyah of this ummah Is in the beginning It's like that hadith of Al-Dajjal When the companions were afraid That the Dajjal was coming out When the Prophet was talking Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to them And then he looked over while he was talking And they all looked over When he looked back at them They looked terrified He said what is it that frightens you They say Ya Rasulullah You were talking about the Dajjal and then you looked over there. So we thought he was going to come out. He said, don't worry. If the Dajjal comes out right now, during my time, I will be your argument between you and him. I will be the shield between you and him. I'm here. I'm going to deal with him. He said, but if the Dajjal comes out, and I'm not here, then every Muslim will be his own shield. Nasallah al-Afi was salam. Nasallah tawfiq was sadat. If the Dajjal comes out after the companions, everybody is left up to what he knows of the religion. And I'm telling you, based upon this COVID hysteria that's jumping off, wallahi. Many of the people are going to fail the test with the Dajjal. COVID is a walk in the park compared to the fitting of a Dajjal. And I'm not trying to minimize COVID. Over 2 million people have died in the world today. And we still have Muslims who are saying, hey, COVID is not real. It's just a flu. It's just a flu. Yeah, we have people who are dying from COVID from our relatives and our community members. That's a slap in the face. Until you, may Allah not allow it, wind up going to the hospital, and then when you get to the hospital, there are no oxygen tanks for you. You can't breathe. Your lungs are excreting some kind of liquid that's thick, like Elmer's glue. And then you're going to say, oh, it's real. But then the nurse or the doctor say to you at that point, hey, hot, hey, hot, don't give us that canam now. So we want to turn our community to beneficial knowledge. Those companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa alaihi wasallam, they were informed. You people, the fitna is going to come in the last part of this ummah. The fitna of Prophet Muhammad not being here, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, of the Muslims not knowing their religion, of all of these things that are going to happen. And the Prophet described them in this hadith that we just mentioned. He said, Bala'un wa amurun tunkirunaha. You're going to see trials and tribulations and things that you're not going to accept. You're going to make inkar because you're the ummah of Islam. You're the ummah that has been made to be witnesses over all of the other communities. So when the Muslims say, that's the haq, it is the haq. When the community says that is not the haq, it's not the haq. We have a religious responsibility to be higher than what we are exemplifying and what we're showing today on the internet and social media with these wild, outrageous comments and statements and actions of ours. You're going to make card of them. Look at some of the affairs. You know, What's going on with our brothers and sisters in China, the Uyghur Muslims, that is a major fitna. What's going on with our Muslim brothers in Sri Lanka, in Syria, those are serious fitting in Palestine, and we make inkar about those issues. Look at the fitna that we're dealing with. People who should know better are telling us if you make dua to a dead man in the grave, he may be a saint, he may not be a saint. 
if you make dua and you ask him, Ya Sheikh so and so, Ali ibn Abi Talib, al Madid al Madid, please help my wife to get pregnant. Please help me to get the job. Please take the COVID away from my mother or my father. The person believes, as long as you don't believe that the dead man is Allah, then this is not major shirk. This is not shirk. No, we make inkar about that. We make inkar. The prophet prophesies what we're dealing with now. We make inkar. People come into our community in Birmingham, other than Birmingham, putting on the Christmas suit, the hat, the beard, and telling people Christmas is okay. Valentine's is okay. Halloween is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. This is not the religion. Christmas is okay. You can go to the Christmas party, give gifts, take gifts, exchange gifts. As it's not religious. They don't believe it's religious. So it's okay. Subhanallah. There's another hadith. Different from the one that I'm mentioning, but it supports it. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told this community, سَيَكُونُ فِي آخِرِ الزَّمَانِ نَاسٌ مِّنْ أُمَّتِي يُحَدِّثُونَكُمْ بِمَا لَمْ تَسْمَعُوا أَنْتُمْ وَلَا آبَاءَكُمْ فَإِيَّاكُمْ وَإِيَّاهُمْ He said, during the end of time, they're going to come a group of people from my ummah. They're from my ummah. They will start to give kalam and speech, and they will talk about things you never heard before. You never heard it. Your fathers never heard it before. So you beware and let them beware. So what the Muslim has to do during these times is he has to make inkar of the nonsense and the madness that we're seeing and that we're listening to. If it is a famous person giving da'wah Allah and he says something that is wrong, you cannot be a choir boy. You can't be a fanboy, no matter who he is. I wouldn't want any student of mine to know that I'm saying something that isn't correct and they just make mujamala and never come and advise me. Leicester is a small city. Leicester. Next to Leicester is a place called Loughborough. Loughborough. Some brothers are there giving dawah and paying attention, especially to the youngsters there. I was communicating with one of the brothers and I wanted to send him something and I thought that I was sending him a finger that was pointing with the index finger to say, look up, pay attention to what I just sent. Check this out. But instead of sending the finger, the index finger, I sent him the middle finger. My eyesight is not that well. I was suffering from vertigo. I just wasn't on the square. I just didn't see it. Now, if that brother didn't pull my coat and explain to me, hey, Abu Osama, this is what you did. He could have taken that and sent it to the next group of people. He could have taken that and said, look what Abu Osama did. But instead, that young brother contacted me and wrote right away and said, hey, Sheikh, do you see what you're doing? I said, no, I didn't. And that taught me, stop sending text messages while I have this vertigo. The point is, the brother saw something and he put it right. He put it right. So we can't be people who are sitting here and we have nothing to say, like the Republicans did with Donald Trump. Four years of drama, and they are silently giving their complicity to what he's doing. They're supporting it. And then January 6th, when everything jumps off, now they have something to say? No, you should have said something a long time ago. A long time ago. That's not our religion. Our religion is that we make al-amr ma'ruf and al-nahyan al-munkar. So now is the time, Ummah al-Islam, for us to come back to beneficial knowledge. And when we see something being done wrong, we have to say to people, hey, you'll be better off learning the huruf of qalqala. You'll be better off knowing the ahkam of yarmaloon. You'll be better off trying to memorize Jews Amma. I remember in America, I was in a community with brothers and sisters. It was in one of those states in the south where they allow you. I was in Florida. I was in Orlando, Florida. And a person who is not a convicted felon, he can have a concealed weapon. 
He can enjoy the rights of being an American citizen. He or she walk around with a concealed weapon. And mashallah, those brothers that I knew back then, some of them were able to dismantle the gun in the dark. Knew everything about how to shoot, how to breathe, how to aim. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. But I used to say to those brothers, if you brothers put just as much attention and just as much passion into learning the hadith and the sunnah and the Quran, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So people put a lot of attention and passion in these issues about COVID, Illuminati, the 1%, the vaccine over here, at the expense of praying Salatul Fajr on time. Praying Salatul Fajr on time. People are fighting their mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters. They got beef and drama. They won't even make peace between themselves. Every Monday and Thursday, your deeds go up to Allah. Allah won't accept them because you got beef and drama with the closest family members to you. You can't see that that is a conspiracy of shaitan. لا تتبعوا خطوات الشيطان إنه لكم عدو مبين. Don't follow the footsteps of a shaitan. He's a clear enemy to you. So, إخواني, in our religion, beneficial knowledge, beneficial knowledge, is that knowledge which will allow you, it will allow you to navigate through the drama and the fitna, the bala and these amur that we should be making inkar about. We have a religion that showed us a minhaj. If you don't have a minhaj, a methodology, we have a minhaj in ibadah, worship. We have a minhaj in our religion, the fiqh, how we understand fiqh. How do we say this position is stronger than that position? I reject this one and I accept that. We have a minhaj. We're not just all over the place. In our aqidah, we have, an, we have a minhaj. We don't believe anything until there's dalil that would allow us to believe it. We don't do any form of worship until there's dalil that would allow us to do that worship. A minhaj. Nobody can come to me and tell me to do something. And now I look at him, I say, hey, I heard the Prophet say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that we're going to hear a lot of things from the people that, you know, our fathers never heard it before and we never heard it before. Where do you get that from? Where do you get this thing from that you're asking me to do? Who or who or who? And they make zikr in the dark like that with incense. Where does it come from? Well, if you have a minhaj, you're going to ask that question. Where does it come from? Hatu burhanakum. In kuntum sadiqeen. Bring your proof. But our community, we don't have a minhaj, many of the people. And that's why I say to the du'at out there, the du'at of the sunnah, you are doing the community a disservice overwhelming them and making them, you know, self-absorbed, each person, in this stuff about this corona. Teach the people the religion. Teach the, 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 the people the deen of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person doesn't have a minhaj, he will be like a piece of paper. Wallahi, even in knowledge, we're on lockdown in our homes. You have a lot of English books that you've purchased over the years, many of which you haven't gotten through them. Go and start reading those books. Do you know if you don't have a minhaj and the way you buy books, you waste money and your knowledge will be all over the place? You want to buy Arabic books? You have to have a minhaj. You have to know which book to buy and which one not to buy, which one has been serviced, which one hasn't been serviced. Everything is a minhaj. So we want to call our community back to beneficial knowledge. And during the time of the fitna, this is what the Prophet told us to do, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, during the time of the fitna, there are going to be the ruwaybidah. The ruwaybidah, the community say, ya, Ru ya Rasulullah, the ruwaybidah. He said, the, the insignificant person is talking. He or everybody got something to say. He doesn't have a PhD. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He just has his opinion that he got over here and from over here. No. So back to that hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. 
The Prophet said that the fitna is going to get so bad that the Muslim will walk and then the fitna will come and then he will say about that particular fitna, هَذِهِ muhlikati. This fitna is my destruction. This is the one I'm going to be destroyed in. They're going to be so frequent and so serious. One will come, he'll be confronted with a fitna. He's going to say, this is the one that is my destruction. And we have people right there like that right now as I'm speaking. They're dealing with some fitna right now. They believe this is the end of life for them because of the rock, the boulder that's on them in the way of their particular fitna. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this hadith, ikhwani, and then we'll move on. He used to tell us about the poison, tell us about the problem, and then he offered, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the remedy. So we have some people who just want to sit back, and they just want to criticize. He's this, he's that, they're this, they're not that, they're not going to do anything, nothing's going to change, new president doesn't mean anything, they're still racist, not this, not that, and they just sit back and they eat a lot, drink a lot, and they may have sincerity, but they don't come with any badil. They don't come with any anything to replace what the problem is. Monday morning quarterbacks, after the game is over on Sunday, they're the people say he should have did this, coach should have did that, he shouldn't have did this, what did he do? Why did he go out of bounds? He didn't have to fall. No, you're a Monday morning quarterback. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he gave us the poison. There's going to be fitna. You're going to hear things. It's going to be a problem. He told us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and giving us the answer. فَمَنْ أَحَبَّ أَنْ يُزَحْزَحَ عَنَ النَّارِ وَيُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةِ فَالْتَأْتِهِ مَنِيَّتُهُ وَهُوَ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَلِيَأْتِيَ النَّاسِ الَّذِي يُحِبُّ وَيُؤْتَى إِلَيْهِ if anybody wants to be saved from this drama and this fitna, you want to be saved from it, and you want to be protected from the hellfire and be put into the Jannah, he said, then let death come to you and you believe in Allah and the last day. And number three, let him do to the people what he wants them to do to him. Love for them what he loves for himself. Three things. Anybody who wants to be saved doing this fitna, then let death come to him. When he dies, make sure he believes in Allah and the last day. And let him treat people the way he wants to be treated. The man is giving me all of this kalam, eating up all of my data, eating it all up in my iPhone, overwhelming me, sending me, Mike Ike said this and that one said that and Tina Turner said that one. And he's just overwhelming me. And then when I look at him, I say, look, brother, you are not one of those people who love for the people what you love for yourself. Because the way you're dealing with your brother or that brother or that sister or that other Muslim or this individual or your wife or your husband, it's indicative of a person who is self-centered. You don't give the Muslims what you want them to give to you. You have double standards and you are self absorbed with this thing about the Illuminati, Illuminati, the 1%, the 1%, the reptiles have taken over. Anyone who wants to be saved from the fitna, let death come to him. And he believes in Allah. How is he going to believe in Allah if he doesn't have knowledge about Allah? He doesn't know where Allah is, where Allah isn't, what Allah does, what Allah doesn't do. He's being told. Because he's a choir boy, he's a fanboy. Whatever the sheikh says, he's going to go with what the sheikh says. He's being told, hey man, why did you stop making dua to the dead people the way your forefathers used to do? You stopped. But really, if you continue to do it, you'll be on the religion of your forefathers and they won't be mad at you, your relatives. And plus, it's not shirk. So death comes to him. And he's making shirkun billahi. Because the sheikh told him that that was okay. And his whole religion was the sheikh, the sheikh. Let him believe in Allah. Let him learn about the names and the attributes of Allah. Let him learn about Allah's religion. And also, and also, let him believe in the last day. What's belief in the last day? 
believe in the last day is believing in all of these things that the Prophet told us about وسلم, from the signs of Yawm Al-Qiyamah is that knowledge will be taken away and ignorance will be prevalent in Nati. Ya Akhi, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon the Ummah. Have mercy upon yourself. We believe in the Illuminati. But I don't believe that they are so important to this extent that I'm going to be ignorant about my religion and I know all about the Illuminati. And the Prophet spoke about that, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Whoa, 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 whoa into the person who's like a dead corpse during the nighttime. He doesn't pray. He's like a dead corpse during the nighttime. And then in the morning time, he's really on top and very prolific about the dunya. Ask him about the dunya, he'll break it down. Ask him about his deen, his answer is, ha, ha, la adri. I don't know. So let us come back, ikhwani. Let us come back. The Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, told us an authentic hadith, man salaka maslakan yaltamisu fihi ilma. Anyone who tries to learn his religion, Allah will make it easy for him to go to the Jannah. He didn't say anything about that as it relates to the dunya knowledge. If Allah wants good for a person, He gives him knowledge of his religion. Don't get it twisted. Knowledge of medicine and science is really important. But the knowledge of the deen is the number one knowledge. Because with it, you protect your body and your soul. With it, you protect your dunya and your akhirah. With it, you protect yourself and your children, inshallah. Come and tell me about the Illuminati all day long. But that's your opinion. And he has another opinion. And another opinion. And as Imam Malik said to the man, what happens if you come and you overpower me with your opinion about the Illuminati and what you're saying, you convince me. And I say, okay, yeah, that's right. So what happens if we go to a third man and he overwhelms you and me and overpowers us? The man said, we together should follow him. And a mathematics said, hey man, look, go look for somebody else to give that nonsense to. You look for someone else to chew up and to eat up and to waste his data. As for me, I know my religion. Every time we go to somebody and he overwhelms us with his argument, we keep changing and we become what's known as mutalawin. Mutalawin. We change colors. One day you red, one day you white, one day you blue, one day you're black. One day you're seeing shirk as being shirk and haram. Christmas as being shirk and haram. And then the next, after a few more years, you get an epiphany. You drink something, some special meal you got, you went deep into things, and now, lo and behold, suddenly, now, shirk is not shirk anymore. Christmas is not kufr anymore. No. We have to fear Allah. We have to fear Allah as it relates to ourselves, as it relates to our community. Ikhwani, I don't want you to just sit there and feel like I'm ranting and I'm raving. We have a situation right now where there is hysteria going on in our community as if we don't have and we didn't have a Nabi who came to us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sent to us divinely by the Rabb who is over the seven heavens in a way that befits his majesty, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So every single issue that's out there, people are polarized and we don't, we act as if we don't know how to have ikhtilaf. So if the person sees, you should close the masjid down. There are those people who don't agree. So they're going to say, he's not sincere. You were scared. You believe in this stuff. It's not real. You are an enemy. The one who says, okay, I believe that. It's okay for us to get the vaccine. That's his opinion. Supported by medicine and doctors. That's his opinion. He heard that from people who are qualified, who told him in a nice, educated way. He's convinced. That doesn't require someone on the polar opposite coming saying, you are stupid, you're ignorant, you're going for the okie doke you're going for the 69 fake out. What's wrong with you? That's, yeah, what are you talking about? 
We have a minhaj in our religion. How to have ikhtilaf in the deen. And if we learn how to have ikhtilaf in the deen, we know how to have ikhtilaf in the dunya. In the dunya. So again, I repeat, brothers and sisters in Islam, let us turn back to the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and learning those words. Whether you're listening to this class, the class that comes before, the one that comes after, the one that comes on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or the classes of whatever du'at and whatever shiyukh, float your boat. You go to those people and learn. But save yourselves. Save yourselves and save your families, as the ayat of the Qur'an say. Ya ayyulladheena amanu quwam fusakum wa ahlikum nara. Save yourselves and your family from the fire of hell. And part of the fire of hell is to have part of the punishment of the fire of this dunya that will lead to the nar of Jahannam is for people just to be giving their ears, their hearts and their minds, their souls, their spirit to every Amr, Bakr and Zayd from the people? No! Ali ibn Abi Talib told the man Ziyad ibn Karim I believe his name is Ziyad ibn Kuraim. He told him the people of three types. Three types. Go back and find this effort if you can. His name is Ziyad, I believe. Kareem or Kuram or Kuraim. He said, Ya Ziyad, the people of three types. Three types. The first type, a scholar, Rabbani. He's a scholar. He knows what he's doing. The second one is the student of knowledge who is on the way of good. The scholar of the religion. His heart, it gets the knowledge and it preserves the knowledge. And he dispenses the knowledge to the community. And then he's on good. Then the student of knowledge who comes and he sits at the feet of that scholar. He makes a connection with that scholar. Getting his book. Listening to his tapes. Listening to YouTube. Listening to the shit. Listening to what he has to say about the basics of his religion. And then the third one is the miscreant riffraff. The miscreant riffraff who follows every screen. He goes with every wave, every wind that comes, he's with that wind. He's with over here, he's over there, just changing colors. Whoever sounds the best, whoever is the loudest, whoever is, no. The Muslim has to be with the Quraba. The Prophet told the people, Sallallahu Alaihi this is one of the hadith that we're going to deal with in this class. Forty hadith. One of them, he talked about the Quraba. Tuba, little Quraba. Jannah will be for the Quraba, the strangers. The companions say, Ya Rasulullah, who are the strangers? Who are the Quraba? He said, Nasun Salihun Khalil. The Ghuraba are a group of righteous people. They're the minority. They're righteous and they're the minority. But they'll be with a group of people who are many, many, many. They're the majority, the others. And those who disobey them are more than those who listen to them and obey them. We should try to be from the Ghuraba. That doesn't mean we walk around with a big drum. Ghuraba, 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 Ghuraba. I'm the Ghuraba. No! Not saying that. I'm saying, for sure, if anybody's from the Ghuraba, it's the ulama of the Sunnah. The ulama of the Sunnah. So let us, inshallah, azwajal, tighten up on the backstroke. Get serious, inshallah. Turn to beneficial knowledge. And turn away from all of this qila wa qal. He said, she said. Turn away from it. And I want to end by saying this once again. Because I know some people on this Illuminati stuff, as soon as they hear that you're saying something other than what they're saying, they'll put you, you with the FBI, you with the CIA, you're brainwashed, you're against me, and they just hate you. What kind of religion is that? What kind of religion is that? You're with the reptiles. You're with the reptiles.
We're going to stop here, inshallah, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his divine protection that he establishes our hearts firmly upon a tawheed and upon the sunnah and doing these tumultuous times where he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, these are the years of deceit, sinawat khadda'at. The sunnah is innovation and innovation is the sunnah. A tawheed is shirk and a shirk is tawheed. Now, now, al-ma'roof is munkar and the munkar is ma'roof. The scholar won't be listened to, but the jahil will be listened to. The one who's telling the truth, what's coming out of his mouth, kitabullah, a hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's what's coming out of his mouth with the proper understanding. I'm not talking about mixing it all up, giving a foreign meaning to what the man is trying to talk about. No. The hadith said, Astaqul hadith, kitabullah. The most truthful spirit. So he's giving you kitab and sunnah, but he's not listened to, he's not obeyed. The liar, he comes with all of this nonsense, and people listen to that. No, it's not our religion. And that's why whoever insists on following that way, you only hurt yourself. But I make dua that Allah Ta'ala helps us to help each other. Come back to your senses, Ummatul Islam. If you want to indulge in this thing about Kilo Waqal and this thing about the Illuminati, I say, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Engage yourself. In beneficial knowledge. Hada wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barik ala nabiyina wa ala alihi wa ashabi wa ashabi ajma'in. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.